最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story， 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能，视为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏连接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde has officially assembled his campaign team. The core members were unveiled on Tuesday. The team will be led by former lawmaker Yao Liming. Former Premier Su Zhenchang will serve as its honorary chair. Lai says the lineup includes both party members and outside talent. The DPP will announce its party list next week before finally revealing Lai's running mate. 2024. The DPP's Lai Qingde has appointed the core staff of his campaign team. Leading the campaign is former lawmaker Yao Liming, while the honorary head is former Premier Su Zhenchang. Former Presidential Office Secretary General Chiu Yiren will serve as the convener of the decision-making committee. This campaign team has talent from within and without the party. Together, we will fight this battle to ensure we emerge victorious in this election. Lai tapped both party members and outside talent for his campaign office, but what everyone wants to know is who he'll pick as his running mate. Lai's lips remain sealed. Next week, we will announce the people on the party list, and the week after that, we will announce our vice presidential pick. The DPP's party list will be revealed November 15th. The week after that, an announcement will be made for VP. Lai chaired a meeting on Monday to discuss the list of legislators at large. Tennis star Lu Yanxun had been offered a spot, but he declined to focus on his sports career. As a talented individual, he has his own aspirations in life. It wouldn't have been possible for him to accept our invitation and participate. Lai said the DPP would form a democratic alliance that collaborates across parties and disciplines. He said that should he win the election, his cabinet would also be inclusive. I am deeply aware of the many challenges and critical issues that our country is facing currently. We must bring together all these various forces in society to work together for our country. As president, I will uphold this spirit and fill positions in the executive yuan with talent from our society. Lai pledged to consider members of opposition parties when appointing his cabinet. The olive branch could bring a boost to his campaign as election day draws near. The Chinese aircraft carrier Shandong has sailed to the South China Sea after nine days of training in the Pacific. According to Japan's Defense Ministry, the Shandong and its fleet carried out 570 aircraft landings between October 28th and November 5th. Experts say the maneuvers are meant to deliver a message ahead of joint exercises led by the U.S. and the Philippines. The Chinese aircraft carrier Shandong recently carried out hundreds of aircraft landings near the Philippines, according to Japan's defense ministry. The ministry said that between October 28th and November 5th, the Shandong conducted exercises south of Japan's Miyako Islands and east of the Philippines. It completed at least 420 fighter jet landings and 150 helicopter landings for a total of 570 maneuvers over a nine-day period. The carrier came closest to Taiwan last Sunday. In the 
As far as its geostrategy goes, China has continually strengthened its long-range maritime force projection, including by developing the Shandong and Liaoning carriers, along with the Fujian carrier, which will begin sea trials next year. These ships are important symbols of the PLA Navy's power projection capabilities. China is increasing its frequency of pilot training, and its domestic capabilities for engine production are maturing. So the availability rate is rising for the turbofan engines used in its J-15 fighter jets. That's a tactical and technical point that warrants our attention. The Shandong has since sailed to the South China Sea. Its operations come just before the U.S. and the Philippines begin the 11-day Kamandog 7 joint training exercises that will include troops from Japan and South Korea. The drills will start Thursday on Bataan Island, less than 100 kilometers away from Taiwan. More than 1,800 Marines from the four countries will participate, while the U.K. will send observers. Experts say the Shandong's appearance was timed to send a message. The Shandong is declaring that China can seal off and control the South China Sea, including the important strategic waterway of Taiwan's Basha Channel, and that it can counter U.S. air and naval bases in Guam. It symbolizes the CCP's growing capabilities in long-range maritime force projection. That makes Taiwan's strategic positioning even more important. Besides our various shore-mounted and air-launched anti-ship missiles, we have also successfully built an indigenous submarine, the Narwhal. After it enters service, our submarine fleet can be used to effectively counter the CCP's growing, long-range power projection. The expert says that once Taiwan's submarine fleet is fully operational, it will be able to counter China's aircraft carriers and potentially deter aggression. The Israel-Hamas war continues to rage one month after it began. Israel's representative office in Taiwan has received an outpouring of support from locals, who have sent in flowers and cards. Israel's representative Maya Yaron said she was moved by the gestures and grateful for the kindness of Taiwan. As you can see, they're not soldiers. These are people like you. And what you can see here, kindness of the people of Taiwan. And this is amazing and so touching. One of the handwritten cards reads, We care about the hostages. We call on Hamas to please let the hostages go home. Another says simply, Peace for and hope for Israel. One local made 241 bears out of towels to represent the number of hostages taken by Hamas. The end of the year is approaching, leading many employees to think about their year-end bonus. Expectations for bonuses vary widely this year, according to a survey by Job Seekers website. Almost 70% of companies are expecting to hand out bonuses at Lunar New Year, with the average bonus worth one month of normal pay. But some companies plan to give out much more than that, while others won't offer bonuses at all. In this precarious economy, there's enormous variety in the confidence of different industries. A singer on stage pumps up the atmosphere as employees in the audience enjoy their end-of-year banquet. It's that time of year again, and big companies are preparing huge celebrations. Lots of white-collar workers are also thinking about their end-of-year bonuses. I'm <laughs> 
A survey conducted by our Job Seekers website found that almost 70% of companies have confirmed they will offer an end-of-year bonus. 9% have said they won't offer a bonus, but a higher proportion, 25%, are still undecided. Among government-owned banks, Megabank has announced an end-of-year bonus likely to exceed last year's, which was worth 8.3 months' pay. And First Bank is also expecting to offer a bonus worth more than seven months' pay. The average office worker can only dream of a bonus like that. I'm quite envious. We get the same bonus every year, which I guess feels like a guaranteed minimum. I'm just a normal white-collar worker. If it's good enough, it's good enough. First, you need to have a job. Then maybe you can think about getting a better one. The survey found that 30% of workers were not expecting an end-of-year bonus. Those who did expect one mainly counted on one month's worth of pay. With economic prospects for the end of the year unclear, bonus offers vary widely between companies. In comparison with the domestic industries, what we see in export-oriented industries like technology and manufacturing is that demand has fallen. Some have even put employees on unpaid leave, so employees in those industries can't be so optimistic about their end-of-year bonuses. Company owners and employees are all hoping for a strong end to the year, but 62% of employees also revealed that they might consider quitting their current job if their bonus doesn't meet their expectations. Taiwan's inflation rate soared to 3.05% in October, its highest level so far this year. Growth in the core consumer price index, which excludes fruit, vegetables and energy, rose 2.49%, comparable to the preceding month. Officials said that October's CPI rate was mainly due to the impact of heavy rains on fruit and vegetable prices. The cost of eating out and fuel prices also increased in October. Officials expect produce prices to stabilize in November and bring inflation rates below 3%. Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger is in Taiwan to attend the 2023 Intel Innovation Taipei. It's its fifth trip to Taiwan since becoming CEO and its second visit this year. At the event, Intel unveiled its latest hardware designed for advanced AI capabilities. The crowd was a who's who of Taiwan tech, tech players including Acer and Asus. On his way to the stage, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger embraces Weiyin Chair Emily Hong and has a quick chat with Weiyin CEO Zhang Shenlai. Also present are Asus Chair Johnny Shi and Acer Chair Jason Chen. It's the 2023 Intel Innovation Taipei Tech Forum. Right, and this is a composition of Intel Silicon over a UCIE interface, right, and an advanced package combining a TSMC N3E test chip as well over an EMIB interconnection as well. Intel worked with TSMC to produce a UCIE interface, which offers a more compact and power-efficient connection between processors and graphics cards. Gelsinger has clearly prioritized the Taiwan supply chain, having visited Taiwan five times since becoming Intel CEO. This year alone, he's visited twice. In the past, Intel had only held smaller innovation events in Taiwan, but this year, its Innovation Day is quite large. The computer giant has 31 partners, 28 of which are Taiwanese. Its fastest CPU yet is expected to hit the market next year. 
At the event, the company showcased its high-end processors designed for demanding tasks such as artificial intelligence. The technology can render 2D images in 3D and features vast improvements in heat dissipation, from the previous 500 watts to 1,500 watts. Gelsinger says Intel's 20A and 18A chips, comparable to TSMC's 2 and 1.8 nanometer chips, may be unveiled as early as next year. 18A, number five of the five nodes in four years. And this to me is you know, sort of the finish of this incredible march that we set ourselves on, you know, this uh, path to delivering you know, the next generation in scale. Intel showed off its latest technologies at the event, which was held in the homeland of TSMC and other chip giants. With a semiconductor war raging, tech firms around the world are coming together to push the sector's limits. The Ministry of Education has announced new subsidies for college students. As early as next February, it will subsidize on-campus dormitory fees by 1,200 to 1,500 NT a month. It would also subsidize tuition fees by up to 35,000 NT for students at private universities and vocational colleges. For university students, living in dorms can cost 10,000 NT a semester. The Ministry of Education plans to offer a subsidy of 1,200 NT to 1,500 NT per month to students who live on campus dorms. Students from low-income households will receive 1.4 times the amount. It would be of some help because accommodation in Taipei is very expensive. Fees are not that high at my dorm, but having a subsidy would be helpful. Students say they welcome the aid. Five months in an on-campus dorm can cost 9,300 NT or 1,860 NT per month. A monthly subsidy of 1,500 NT would take the cost down to just 360 NT. Back in July of this year, the government already rolled out subsidies for off-campus student housing, which range from 2,400 NT to 3,600 NT a month. I think it's helpful. It makes a big difference. Many students applaud the housing subsidies. On-campus housing support will launch as early as next February, benefiting some 260,000 students. We want to reduce the financial burden on the people, especially on young students. We want young people to be able to access better options. So starting next year, students at private universities and vocational schools will get a subsidy of 35,000 NT for tuition fees. On top of subsidies for accommodation, the government will launch tuition subsidies at private schools in hopes of reducing the cost of education. And now a spotlight on a hospital employee who uses his spare time to serenade patients. Gao Rongxing is a talented musician and a member of the indigenous Bunam tribe, as well as an army veteran and a doctor's assistant. Now working at Taipei Veterans General Hospital, Yuli Branch in Hualien, Gao plays the guitar and sings in the hospital's waiting rooms. He's won the praise of patients, as well as the hospital's superintendent, for his joyful, joyful creative gift to the whole hospital community's assistant. A man in a gray jacket plays the guitar and sings outside a consulting room, bringing joy to the somber waiting room. The musician is a clinical assistant at the hospital. 
Gao Rongxing is a member of the indigenous Bunon tribe from Hualien's Zhuoxi Township. After retiring from a military career, he began work at Taipei Veterans General Hospital Uli Branch. That was 32 years ago, but in the last two years, he started a new project, playing the guitar in the hospital whenever he has a spare moment off work. He sings poetry and songs in his tribe's language, hoping to bring musical therapy to listeners. It calms the heart, so you're less emotional when you go to see the doctor. Gao's talent for singing and playing bring joy and lightness to patients, even while they wait to see a doctor. Mr. Gao uses his free time when he's not engaged in public duties to give musical performances to help patients gain some spiritual calm. I think this is extremely praiseworthy. When I see patients and their families come in for consultations, they look emotionally heavy and in pain. So I want to share the love of songs with patients so they can feel happy and receive all the care of our doctors. Gao's music not only soothes the hearts of visitors to the hospital, patients and employees, but creates a warm and loving atmosphere for everyone to share. Today, we take you to meet Diogo Pinheiro, whose saxophone has led him on an adventure across Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with a Brazilian musician to find out more about his career and life. Since moving to Taiwan, Pinheiro has worked with prominent musicians such as Jay Chow. Pinheiro was invited to play with Chow at his Carnival World Tour in December 2022. did the show in Singapore first, yeah, the two shows in Singapore, uh, and he's on tour to celebrate the 20 years, now 23 after COVID, but it was 20 years uh, of his career. So yeah, it's just a whole new level. Of, of performance and organization and everything. I'm really, really happy with this opportunity. Pinheiro started playing saxophone when he was six. Since then, his dream has been to be a professional and perform on big stages. To fulfill his dream, he attended the Stetson University saxophone workshop in the U.S. in 2007. After that, Pinheiro performed at the NAMM show, the biggest music trade fair in the world as a guest artist. He moved to Taiwan in 2019, where he performs in a variety of events. Coming from Brazil, the thing I love the most about Taiwan is the safety. Like, it's so safe here. I mean, this, this last weekend I forgot my saxophone in the parking lot. Because I was so tired, too, too many gigs this year, so I was so I forgot my saxophone in the parking lot. If it's in Brazil in two seconds, I would never see my saxophone again. But it's Taiwan, so Taiwan is super safe. And the second thing, and mostly like that I like the most, Taiwanese people are so nice, really nice, really polite, really helpful, uh, especially with foreigners. I, I feel that, that Taiwan is a very, very friendly foreigner-friendly country. So yeah, I like the safety, I like the country, I like the food. I love Taiwan, I just like everything about here. When public performances were suspended during the COVID pandemic, he began teaching the saxophone. I found out that the, the students, they don't really have the open ear for music. They just read, but they are not listening for real what they are playing. So I tried to focus mostly on, on opening their ear to imagine that instead of just reading music, they should sing with their instrument. 
Pinheiro is currently working on a new CD, which will feature original music inspired by his experiences in Taiwan. One original song on the CD is titled First Kiss. When we compose a song, it needs to, to have some kind of experience related, right? So this, this song, I, First Kiss, because it was a situation in Taiwan, the, the first, yeah, and then this song for me was like, trying to transmit that feeling that we have when we, we meet this person and we we have this first moment uh, of, of, of intimacy. So yeah, I feel that when I play this song. I just kind of relieve that moment. I love Taiwan very much. Uh, and Taiwan has opened arms to receive me uh, in a very, very lovely, lovely way. So I, I want to, my project is to have a copyright CD, like my own compositions, all uh, talking about Taiwan. Like, don't have lyrics, but music is kind of, don't need lyrics sometimes to tell what you feel, right? Pinheiro is passionate about Taiwan and the saxophone. He hopes to continue to tell stories about Taiwan through his music. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zinzhen Luo in Taipei.